0: Hello and welcome to Pip Permaculture podcast number four on the topic of backyard goats. In this edition, Pip editor Robin Rosenfeld chats with Maria Cameron of the Hebe Farm Urban Goat Cooperative in suburban Melbourne to celebrate the release of our latest issue, number eight, which includes a feature on goats, including the Hebe Farm Cooperative. Enjoy. Welcome to our Pip Permaculture podcast. Today, we're talking goats with Maria Cameron from the Goat Cooperative in Hibby Farm. Thanks for having a chat with us today, Maria.
1: No worries,
0: it's my pleasure. So, in the latest issue of Pip Magazine, we've got a great article about your co op at Hibby Farm with some beautiful photos of Angelica milking the goats. Could you explain to us how the co op works and what? What's involved? Yeah,
1: so um, we live on a... We like to call it a little micro-farm in suburbia, in Heidelberg West, in Melbourne. Um, And we get to call it a farm because we have a couple of dairy goats as well as our veggie gardens and chooks and things like that. Um, Mm -hmm. And we started out a few years ago now um, to have the goats and it became cooperative because although our household is already... Um, it's two families together it's me and my husband husband and our kids and also with my sister and her husband and we we live on it and own our little farm together so already it's a bit of a cooperative effort at our place but once we started having the goats um, and I guess got the system going and realized that it's quite involved um, particularly because we're mucking out the yard where raking and clearing up um and changing their bedding and all of that every day um and that's quite a lot of work and so we also had far too much milk for us to use so we yeah so we started to we we live in a little community that we call the hood which is a, a very informal sort of spontaneous group of people that have over the years more and more choosing to live together and and, and share life to varying degrees. And one by one, we invited one family and then another and another to start to join caring for the goats. And so at first, um, one family would join in mm. and one day a week and they would come and milk the goats and clean out the yard and brush the goats and do all the daily care for them. And their reward would be to get to take a load of the compost um, and the milk. And that built up over the last few years so that now we've got, um, I think we counted, whether you include the children or not, 15 to 25 people involved in our in our goating um, system.
0: Well, that would make um, it a lot easier. I imagine it's a lot of work trying to do Yeah, it what, makes know. it
1: a lot easier. So, of course, it's also with so many people, it's quite complex, the communication mm. and the organisation. But But we've developed really good systems that are running really smoothly um and you know we're always facing new challenges that come up with the health and the stage of where the goats are at and what they need um but we've generally got a pretty good system now um so how does that system work um so so we have different households rostered on to do the goats as a sort of a default for each day of the week and my my household the The Hibby household um, is um, we have three days of the week that we cover and we interchange that between us depending on who's working, who's on a a work trip interstate like my sister at the moment or um, my husband and I juggle the days depending on just what we feel like and how we're going with our kids. And And do the kids help um, and
0: join in? Yeah, so the kids...
1: The kids do so. So little babies or toddlers will get strapped on in a sling on on a uh, parent's back, or um, as they get bigger, they'll play in the goat yard. Um, there's a tricky time when they're just starting to walk yeah. um, until they're about three. That it's like it's it's a bit of a challenge. Yes. And then the bigger kids come in because um, there are lots of kids coming on each of the different days. Um, and the bigger kids will actually start to milk properly right. and um to do some of the raking and so whether whether the kids you know the kids are involved to varying degrees and depending on the parents approach and whether the parents see it as as a lovely relaxing time out or something to yeah. do with their kids mm-hmm. like um our little two-year-old winter did it with edwin this morning and was out the whole time with him and seemed to have a ball oh, so that's um that yeah it just depends on the time of year and the weather and that um so we yeah, have the the it, kids yeah, and the kids' moods, yeah. And so it's a lovely, it's a really nice time. And I guess, um, so we have three days a week that is our household and then the rest of the days um, are covered by five other households. So there's there are two households that that do it just once a fortnight on a Monday. They alternate and that's the right amount of involvement for them and they sort of share a day that they cover. Um, and then there are three other um days covered by three separate households um and then when and so that's really nice because everyone has a time of the week that they spend the the somewhere between one and three hours um depending how efficient and quick you want to be or how much you want to just take it easy and have a coffee inside with us or yeah um you know it yeah it it depends how much time people want to spend doing it Mm. um and they do it once a week or in our house one to two times a week and that's just the that makes it something that people really enjoy and it's manageable Mm. and um for us made it in the long run possible because life is for all of us really full and spending a couple of hours every day would be a really big commitment for us um so yeah, it definitely makes it work. Um, then on top of the daily, the daily, um, you know, your day a week, um, we have rosters for, um, organising. It turns out to be every maybe six to ten weeks that we need to get supplies in for the, for the food for the boat. So we, we feed them, um, a whole lot of grains and hay, and with little supplements added. And we also um, Edwin, my partner, and he and my brother-in-law Mickey, who live here, and plus a whole lot of other people from the community. They brew beer and they do all grain brewing, and so they have big barrels of leftover yeah. grain from the brewing, and so oh, that gets fed to them too. So there's a whole and people bring branches and things. So there's there's lots of extra stuff as well, but there's regular. Loads we need to get from stock feed shops, and so we have a roster and rotate that responsibility. Yeah. Um, we also have a we have a few like specialist sort of roles that are you know someone that looks after that that's the main person to look after the health and nutrition. Um, someone that looks after we have a, a bank account that is just called goats, and that we use that that people all put contributions in reflecting. Um, you know, how much of the week they are milking. Um, and and we use that pool to um, pay for all the, the goat supplies and the tools that we use in the goat yard. And so someone looks after that and they're the, the finance person. Um, we have someone that looks after the, the, just the coordination and the communication. We have an email group that we call Goat Notes and we send out, you know, any important information on that we also have a facebook message loop that that is a sort of less critical kind of little notes to each other and yeah so part of the daily process is um popping into our kitchen to um, pasteurize the milk
0: okay so that gets done at your house
1: and yeah that gets done at our house and then people carry their their bottles of milk home Mm. um and so that gives us a chance to have a little chat about how the goats are going and and that that um, constant communication with our household is, is really critical to it all flowing. We, don't, we haven't come across anyone else yet that cares for goats in, in, or cares for dairy animals in such a um, large um, cooperative style. So usually it'll be one or two farmers who are overseeing all of a herd and really have an in-depth knowledge of the animals and are, are there with them day to day and see the changes because it's really important when they're producing milk that you're on top of just checking that, that they're in good health and they're,
0: yeah, yep. good and healthy so animals. So that constant connection with your household keeps that communication going.
1: Yeah, that that keeps it going, yeah, yeah. So we do have a, a role called a goat captain, <laughs> um, <laughs> which, is, which is a, <laughs> about... The communication and the the coordination of of um, all the different systems. Um, so we we started a few years ago having what we call a, an AGM as a joke, which is an annual goat meeting. <laughs> which is a um, we get together as soon after New Year's, so everyone goes off for Christmas and has their Christmas thing and New Year's, and then as early into the New Year and early January we get together in an e for an evening or a, a lunchtime mm. sort of. Big gang of us, and um, talk through any issues that are, ha, have come up, and who'd like to pick up some of the more specialist roles for the coming year. Yep. Um, if anyone wants to be milking more or less, or swapping their days mm. around, and and that's been a really really important thing too to have a check in once a year as a group. Um, so there's some of the the elements of the system that are that have developed. Because we've got so many people involved. Yeah. It also started just, um, it started mostly being members of my wider family because I'm, um, in our community there are, I'm from a family of six kids and almost all of us live in this community. Oh, that's great. Um, yeah, it's really lovely, but, but it's, it's lots of other, um, friends and then friends of friends of friends, yeah. um, that have come in and are also part of, um, the goating system now. And so, um, as more people got involved, developing systems like the goat notes emails, or um, just developing little protocols of of if you can't cover the day of the week, it's your responsibility mm. to organise someone yep. else to to cover it for you if you're sick at the last minute, or if you're going on a holiday and that you need to tee up a swap yep. for another day. Or um, so we've developed lots of little systems that that smooth over. Um, and we sort of learnt from <laughs> breakdowns, you know, we've so learnt as we've gone it and, and it's evolved, yeah, and it, and it's evolved and it's in a really, it's been, I think, probably for the last year or even two years, been in a really good sort of stable, mm. not stable as not changing, but fairly established, whereas the first few years it was really, what do we do with this and yeah. how do we approach, you know, like having goats kidding and, and. um Oh, the having a pregnant goat and then a, a goat that is is being milked for the first time, all of those things. So how did we've you now had a go of this that stuff a few in the times.
0: beginning?
1: Yeah, so um, in the beginning we we got in touch with Edendale Farm in Eltham, oh, yeah. I think was one of the first contacts we made to try and find someone to buy goats from and to talk to about about caring for goats. And we got put in touch ta- with it a wonderful um, goat farmer who lives out in Whittlesea and he has been, like, if we didn't have him, who, this wonderful guy who mentored us and still does, um, and we've ended up buying all of the goats that we've had from him, um, and he has taken huge, um, you know, put in a lot of energy in supporting us and showing us how he does things and coming and visiting us a lot and been on call for phone calls randomly about, you know, we've got this problem, what do we do with that? Or um, And he's just been amazing and that's been really important because none of us come from a farming background. Um, or actually, well, my brother-in-law, Mickey actually does, does have, um, he's from Austria and he and my sister Angelica had worked um, on a small farm in Austria that provided animal therapy for people with, disability or mental illness or just you know yep. taking time out from their high profile job mm. um so they had actually worked with animals a bit I think um having a mentor for us has been really really important um, and we read a few books you know we read up a bit um, um but I just can't stress enough the importance of having someone to talk to and that a goat knows.
0: Mentor. Yeah,
1: a goat mentor and so he um yeah has been wonderful for us
0: so if other people wanted to set up a goat cooperative do you think it's important to have that family connection that you've got or do you think anyone could just get a group of friends or neighbors and set up a system like yours
1: so i think that there's nothing special about us there's no so you know if we can do it anyone else can um and uh, the family connection, I don't think is, is critical. Mm. But obviously having a group, like a small enough group of people that are, are really committed to pulling it off, I guess, is what, what is critical. Yeah. Is that people want to give it a go and want to get, like, it's a pretty big investment to develop the infrastructure. So you have to really, really want to do it. Um, and I guess whether to do it cooperatively or not, for us, it just turned out to be the way to be able to have dairy animals and to um, to incorporate that into our lives in a way that is sustainable and that we enjoy it and it's a beautiful part of our lives rather than, you know, the centre of our lives you know, um, and one and that... taking over. Yeah, and taking over. And so I guess for us, it grew to be a cooperative thing. Um, and, and so that's quite different to having a starting point of a group of people saying, all right, let's give it a go.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and there's no reason why people can't. But I guess for us, it the fact that it's evolved and taken time to evolve and develop the complexity that it has, has been really important. It would have been a really big, really yeah. steep, really quick learning curve yeah. to have started with 15 people and having, yeah. and, you know... And saying, alright, let's organise it this way and give mm. it a go. So that I guess the, the evolution has been really important for it to grow into what it has become. Um, and sort of starting maybe, you know, if three families got together and wanted to start something like three households, um, to me would be about as big as you'd want to start off. Yeah, right. Um, doing something like that and also probably a, a manageable enough, um, mm. group to, to work out where you would set up a a space for them and
0: um, purchase them and and do all of that and find a mentor and, yeah, but I... I... So as far as setting up a space, you're doing this in an urban setting. Could you tell us what that looks like and how big it is and... What people need to set something up like that. Yeah, I'm. Um, I'm sorry, I
1: can't remember the exact the exact space dimensions. <laughs> that so that's matter. not very helpful. But I can say we live on a on a fairly generous for our area, um, but not. It's not a, a. We live on about 700 square meters. Okay. Um, we've got a fairly small house, so we've got a, quite a nice, um, oddly shaped backyard.
0: Mm. Um,
1: oh, about a third or half of which we've devoted to the goats. Um, They don't need much sheltering, but we built a really large shed because uh, that's really opens out onto the rest of their yard. um, So that that if it's really rainy, they've got plenty of space Mm. that's dry. And there's also a beautiful big she oak. um, Sorry, not she oak, a silky oak um, that, that gives lovely dappled shade to a lot of the yard too. So, Um, they don't, goats don't actually need a huge area. They're not like sheep or cows that need a certain amount of pasture, um, because we can bring all the food to them and we bring lots of fresh leafy stuff and a whole lot of different things, um, for them to browse through, um, and we bring all their food to them and they don't need a huge amount of space and we've got sort of some little, um, sort of we we've tried to add a bit of a hill in there for them with all the oh, bits of concrete we pulled up from the rest of our block and heap dirt on top of that and um I mean they they seem happy enough. say it's, it's it's um it's small but it is it's okay and and I think it works. Um so yeah. And do you take them for
0: walks? Yeah, I know yeah the so crew in at uh, Eco Bervia in Fremantle yeah, I've heard have their goats yeah. and they take them yeah. for a walk around the neighbourhood to get food. Yeah, so we do,
1: we do two things that, that really give our goats a break from their smaller space here. Yeah. Um, we mm-hmm. do, well, I think um, three things. One is the, the cooperative nature. There are a lot of different people coming and seeing the goats and spending time with them and I think that's mm-hmm. really important for them. They are very social, very intelligent yeah. animals. And so that interaction and those relationships, I think, are really important because they, you know, they balance them being in a small space by having that interaction. Um, and we do take them for walks. We haven't earlier on in the early years, we did it a lot more and it's just a nature of where our various lives are at that it's not, it's not as at all, um, as much as we'd like these days. Um, but we, we're quite close. We're a few minutes walk to um, the Darabin Creek, and it's got parkland up and down the creek. Um, And so we walk through the suburban streets and we take a little broom behind so we can sweep up (laughs) any poo so it's not, you know. So it's really important for us that that our neighbours all feel like it's a good thing and not that we're irresponsible, so that's really important. Um, And we take them down to the creek and they love that, and that's really nice. The other thing we do is um, after we'd had goats for a year or two, we convince my parents who live out in research and they have a, a bigger block and space for some paddocks um, to get, uh, They we convince them to set up a yard to have goats there. Mm. And so, so what we do holiday. is we rotate. Yeah, so we rotate. We've got, I think it's, we've got four does. Um, for female goats and we rotate them. It also means that the goats are having a much gentler life than if they were in a commercial dairy because mm. they're not always milking. They often will have a year or two years off okay. um milking. And so they're out there with lovely paddocks and plenty of space and beautifully cared for um by my parents out there and now – um so they ha- they're not always here, and so having that break for them um is another way that we've we've integrated being able to have goats in this urban setting and thinking that it is um you know trying to give them uh, as nice a life as we can um in exchange for the company and the milk and the manure that they're sharing with us so yeah yeah, that's how we've We've approached that.
0: So what's involved in feeding the goats what what is it that you feed them? Um,
1: we, we feed them um, carefully measured out amounts based on um, our mentors advice and, and the books that we had of, of different grains so we give them at the moment we're giving them um, rolled oats and, and um, barley, So it's been crushed so that their digestive system can access it. But we're giving them barley and oats and then we add to that um, tiny little amounts of supplements and they get that for breakfast and their dinner. So the supplements we add are seaweed meal, dolomite, um, sulfur, copper sulfate um, and apple cider vinegar and olive oil. And so we mix that up for them uh, and we also add chaff to that. Chaff is just finely chopped up hay, um, and we add a mixed chaff of lucerne and oaten hay, and then we also feed them in the – so that's their breakfast and then their dinner, um, and we also, when there's the – what we call brew barley, which is the leftover grain from brewing beer um, mm-hmm. here at Hippie Farm, they get that too, um, a big bowl of that. Um, Sort of mm, like it a dessert delicious. for them. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, it's really, it's all just really nice. Yeah. Um, and then Lucky we goats. also have in the manger, we have hay for them, um, oaten hay and lucerne hay. Um, or, it's always a struggle to get the best quality hay and we always, you know, sometimes we've got fantastic hay. We've got about three stock feed shops that we go to um, and that we, we're always chasing to get the best we can. Um, so they have that hay and eat as much of that as they want during the day. Um, and we also bring them what we call it goat greens it, it, when our household is, is doing the goats. Actually, it's every day of the week. We bring them um, just a load of greens from our garden, so we'll just do some pruning of grapevines or pulling out some old broccoli plants or just picking some... Yeah. some We've got lots of um, our paths are full of dandelions and pick a whole lot of greens to feed to the goats so that they've got lots of fresh stuff um and lots of the other households as well that come along they will prune some shrubs or even trees like lots of tree branches and bring them for the goats so they really they need a lot of the micronutrients that are
0: all in the bark Um, Mm. and so they love to eat the bark off some branches so can you tell me about what day-to-day care of goats looks like so when you go in there in the morning what is it that you need to do yeah so,
1: so so the window to start doing to start going and doing your daily goating routine is between seven and eight in the morning is what we've all agreed and, uh, and what's important is not the specific time for the goats but well, what's important is that it's regular and uh, that it's 12 hours apart the morning and night so in yeah. the morning um we'll go in and prepare the food so that's mixing up that lovely breakfast that I described and and also mixing up the the feed ready to go for the evening too. Um, And then while the goats eat, um, whoever is being, the the goats will then be milked. So we'll feed one of them on the milking stand and and while she's eating, um, we'll come and and milk her and then we'll swap over with the other goat that's here. Right, at the moment we've got only one goat milking, um, but usually we have two. Um, and so after the milking will, depending on um, who's doing it and the order they like to do it, I like to then while they're finishing off eating their breakfast, I will rake out the yard. Um, and that's something that no one would do um, on a normal, you know, larger farm. Though No one would be raking up goat poo. But because we're in such a small space and because for us the, the goat poo is like gold for our compost, mm. um, we rake out the whole yard um, and we – clean out the beds so we have on either side of the manger we have two beds of clean hay um that they can sleep on and rest on if they want to um and so we will we will clean out clean out all the beds and we will replace the hay in the manger we will top up their their water buckets in cold weather we'll give them warm water so it's nice that they're you know to heat their bodies up. and then we'll brush down each goat, give them a nice brush that they really enjoy. And that's a really important, I mean, it's important f- for the social interaction with them, but also nice for their coats to have a good brush. Um, and then we'll come in and and ster- uh, pasteurize the milk, um, which is heating it to a certain temperature and keeping it at that temperature for a certain time um and we've chosen to do it to 74 degrees for 15 seconds It's the one that we you know there's various options you have um, yeah and then that gets put and then everything gets the the milking pots and things get washed and put away and then um usually I mean if it's us we've we've taken all the goat poo and the used hay and we've added it straight to our compost bays, which were built so that you can just easily shovel it straight over a fence into the compost bays. Um, but the other households will take a wheelbarrow of the hay um, home to their house
0: along with their bottles of fresh milk. Um, so that's a morning routine. So that takes between one and three hours. Yeah, well, did you well, say? Yes, one and three and hours. One
1: hour. <laughs> yeah, it's really one solid hour of doing stuff. But
0: if you have a, children, or, or you're having a
1: coffee with us inside, or um, you, you know, like yeah. that's when it, that's when it can stretch
0: out. So what about the actual milking? Is it? tricky learning how to milk a goat or is it quite straightforward and you pick it up over time oh
1: it's very easy to learn I guess It um and you have to develop the muscles so it can be quite straight like for me I would say it's you know 10 minutes or less for me to milk in a straightforward situation um a while back we had a a a goat um Hmm. Rosie that had some pretty serious um, issue with one of her teats being very narrow at the end and so you know that was in an unusual situation it can be a really tricky half hour or even more process but that's not the norm so um, it's easy I think for people to become it I mean none of us had ever milked before and we all all managed to pick You're it up. All experts now. Yeah, now now we know, <laughs> and it's quite different. Um, if people have milked a cow before, with a cow you sort of pull down, and that's important. You pull down as you milk. Whereas
0: okay. with a goat,
1: you have to. You don't do that. You the the um, structure of the of the udder is quite different,
0: mm. and
1: you close off at the top with your thumb and your first finger. You kind of close a balloon, and then you use the rest of your fingers to squeeze the milk out from that little mm. sort of closed balloon that you've made um, and so it's a you know there's a little technique to it but it's absolutely lovely to do and that's my favorite part of of goating is sitting there is milking and you know looking up through the silky oak at the sun mm. or the if it's raining it it's just absolutely lovely sitting there out in the goat yard and the chooks will be pecking around and it's really lovely meditative time. Mm,
0: that um, sounds great. So
1: yeah, the milking itself is just lovely. Yeah. Oh, and I just on the on the daily routine, there's also coming back and feeding the goats at night, topping up. So oh, giving okay. them their bowls. So you just not, milk
0: once a day, do we? We milk
1: once a day except for when they've just started to um to milk. So after a goat has kidded, then their production will go up 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 and also with the weather. So yeah. Yeah. So um, if you're usually the timing of a goat kidding will be they'll be pregnant through the autumn and the winter and then in spring they will kid and then their the as the weather heats up and also if they've just kidded their their milk production will go up 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 um, and probably peak at the end of spring and in summer and so at that time we would be milking them twice so morning and night because unless they're at a has the capacity to take all of that milk for a 24 hour period. Um, and that works really nicely because that's the warmer weather and the days are longer. And so it's quite nice to be out milking at that time anyway. Um, but at the moment, we're just the night time is just going out to feed them and giving mm-hmm. them more water and hay and their bowls of, of the mixed up um, meal that we've prepared in the morning. So it's a very straightforward five minutes out mm. into the goat yard and, and back inside again.
0: So one thing that goats are notorious for is getting out and eating all your fruit trees and eating your washing and getting into your yeah. garden. Is that something that yeah. you have issues with?
1: Um, not really. Uh, we have had a few really um, scary and quite funny um, stories from the early years, but we're pretty good now. So, um, we haven't ever really lost our garden to the goats, even though they are, you know, they're on one side of the fence and then the other side is our veggie and fruit, you know, fruit trees and our veggie garden right there. But we bring lots of, we bring lots of stuff to them and the few times that the goats have got out, um, it's been quick enough that, you know, they, they don't demolish things very quickly. (laughs) Um, You know, they can't eat that fast and they've only had a nibble of some rocket or once you know, one ate a poppy or whatever. So um, we haven't lost any garden to them. Um, what has happened is that sometimes um, we've had visitors come who don't realise how important it is to close the gate and we haven't been careful enough to, to bring them in and out and t- to to keep the goats in. And so sometimes goats have come out. Um, we did have Ewin, um, one of our friends who is he, he's one of the goaters, um, Ended up having to chase Stasi out, cheekiest goat, right down the street, Um, because she she got out and and sort of ran away, and that I think that's only happened once, yeah, Um, and that was really early on. Quite a spectacle. Um, Yeah, so so that was that it all ended well, and you know she ran down the street, and there were two guys, and she said, you know, did you see a goat? And they pointed the direction, and she managed to get her, and and it was all fine and And, in walking the goats, we've never had any mishaps where we've mm. lost them, or anything like that yeah, we had to so we had this cheeky goat, Stasi, who's very inquisitive, very intelligent um and is the only goat that worked out how to open our gate, and so we had to um and it took her years to do that to yeah. to be interested in it and then to pursue it to the point of just yeah, opening the amazing. gate and getting into the garden, um so we actually had to add an extra carabiner to. To, to that, um, one of the pleasures of having a few goats in our system, where we rotate them and have just two here at a time, but we have um, more that we're rotating through, is that we get to enjoy the different personalities, and it really is different year in year out because of the the combinations of goats is is really critical too, um, depending how they um, treat each other and the different the balance of different personalities. So that's a really been a really lovely, um, for me, surprising. I've, I've not grown up with cats or dogs or like really close to pets because I've all I've grown up in a big family where there's just plenty of people, um, and so it's been really that's been a really lovely element for me is enjoying the personalities of the different goats.
0: So what would you say is your favourite part of having goats? Oh, can I have two? Yeah. <laughs> um
1: one one would be the milking and the actual sitting there and milking goat and that absolutely lovely time where you just settle in it goes on long enough that you can just settle in and have the rhythm of it and there's a, a hopefully happy goat bunching away on her breakfast and and just being out there and having that time like having that the the routine and the ritual of it that makes you sit down and have that that lovely time is for me just beautiful and then the other side of it of having the goats is about how it's evolved into this incredibly intricate complex totally evolving system that is now six goats when you count the buck and and his friend as well that we've got we've got six goats and we've got you know, 15 to 25 people involved in something that for everyone it means a different thing at different times, but it's a very rewarding part of our lives and the whole social interaction for us around that, I feel like I'm part of this amazing system that has just, it's just grown by itself, it feels like, um, and that is, for me, an amazing thing that has come from having goats, and there is no way that we could have guessed
0: that that would happen um so yeah they're my two what inspired you to get the goats in the first place um
1: edwin who i would say is our sort of main person in our household who comes up with great ideas um he randomly sent around to me and my sister and her husband uh Burke's Backyard little fact sheet on dairy goats, on home, you know, homestead dairy goats. Mm. Um, and he sent it around. It was just a little two-page thing that said how much space you need and how much it would cost to get set up and how much milk you might get. And he just yeah. sent it around and said something like, let's get goats. Um, and that, I don't know what got him started thinking about goats, but that's, that was for us the beginning of, of the idea of this is what we should do.
0: So, what about yeah. the outputs from the goats so apart from the love that you get from them of course Yeah. what about the um milk yeah apart manure? from the social
1: yeah 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 and for us the first the first um thing was that we were getting in loads and loads of of um of manure um to contribute to the garden and before even thinking about milk from dairy goats, the idea was, wouldn't it be great? You know, dairy goats are animals that we could have on our block. Um, they're small enough and their needs are manageable enough that we could, like, there's no way we could ever have a cow. Um, and and the idea was to close, I mean, of course, we're still bringing food for the goats, so it's not like totally closed by any means, but...
0: But yep, um to have system. the manure.
1: Yeah, to have it a bit to have another part of that cycle here in our own space and part of our daily life. The motivation was actually for the manure and only later yeah, right. did it become the milk too is fantastic we get milk too. Yeah. And then also learning a bit about about um, mainstream dairy industry. Um, mm. feeling really happy to be having that direct connection to something that usually comes to you fairly processed. And, and with you not having any control of how it's done. Um, so that for us, having that direct link to a lot of our dairy. And it's not just milk. I mean, we use the milk to make yogurt and cheese. Um, and, and so it's, yeah, become a, a big part of our diet
0: i guess so is that the only milk that you need are you able to be self-sufficient um
1: it it, it usually is even through the winter if we have two dairy goats usually we can just scrape by Um, but at the moment because because we've had um rosie who had issues with her teat um we've had to dry her off and so we're in in i think the first time actually we've ever been in this situation we've, we're going through a winter till we have a new goat kidding yeah. um we're going through the winter with only one dairy goat so at the moment we are buying milk as well but it's it's the i think for us the first time that we're doing that for a long patch
0: so what do you do with it all make
1: cheeses yeah and... so it's so we make cheese so we make so the cheese uses up a lot because obviously you're concentrating it into yeah. a really into a, um, a really concentrated form um so, mostly so the feta? main thing we do is yeah so we make a mm. few different fetters and we make halloumi um, halloumi is yeah. just the you know and we and we, we yeah It's <laughs> so nice yeah. um so halloumi feta we used to my sister angelica she's been the real you know the cheese maker mm. of our house and really pioneered And trained up a lot of other people, um, in the hood how to make cheese. Um, so we also, do you know Meredith's goat cheese? They've really made famous what is known as chev, which just means goat. It's a French word for goat, which just means a soft goat's cheese. And that's, so we started off making that. That's very simple Mm. and absolutely delicious. Um, and then, um, we did a lot of, um, white mold cheeses. So camembert, breeze that sort of thing um my sister did try doing like a hard like a cheddar and tried a mozzarella but those types of cheeses you need a bit more infrastructure yeah. where you can keep the temperature pretty stable yeah. and the hum- humidity and all of that um so we haven't really done that much but and we haven't done the camembert and Breeze for a while but at the staples over the last year or so would be a few varieties of fetters mm. so some creamier ones mm. and some more like crumbly harder ones mm. um and and halloumi and chev were the yeah mm. feta halloumi and chev amazing. are our our standards yeah yeah it's pretty nice <laughs> when we've got loads of milk and that's yeah sometimes it's so much milk it's a headache and mm. you know sometimes you're you um yeah we're struggling to get through the cheese yeah. quick enough and then at the moment i just dream of cheese because we don't have enough milk even just for drinking.
0: Yeah. yeah. So in the unusual situation we're in now. So what advice would you give to someone who's thinking about getting goats? What are the main things that you'd recommend that they think about?
1: I think I think having a having someone that you can learn from and talk to. So a goat mentor is absolutely critical. Um, Being realistic about it, like really thinking about if it's what you want to do. And, um, you know, a serious dairy farmer never goes on holiday. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But um, so for us, like having a realising it's serious. You're caring for animals that have pretty, like to be produced, thinking, think of a breastfeeding mother and the, Mm. I guess the importance of nurturing and caring for that yep. body that is producing a lot of milk. Um, that that it's a you need to make a pretty serious commitment to the animals. Yeah. Yeah, and and I guess yeah, I think they're the things that I would think are, are really important starting out. Um, we have we know of one family, um, so a friend of mine from high school, who's in Castlemaine and got in contact a few years ago and said oh we want to get suburban goats and um I think in then they came and visited us years later and I think they've done it now and apart from that we haven't heard of any apart from the Frio example haven't come across any other suburban um dairy goats that I think it's a great thing to do a, a generation back, you know, a generation back. So many people come, so many people want to come and see the goats, like friends, family of everybody. Um, and so many people say, oh, I grew up with dairy goats. And so it's it's just not common now, but it was back in the 50s. Yeah, it was. Um, you know, it was a pretty common thing in Melbourne. Mm. And so it's not, we're not doing anything radical <laughs> We're just just doing it right now.
0: Yeah, and I think people listening to this will be really inspired to go out and try to get some goats. I mean, so many people I've spoken to about the goat issue that we're having in the magazine have said, I'd love to get goats, that'd be great. There's a lot of desire out there, but I think you've got to be realistic about the reality of it and be committed to giving them what they need. And I
1: guess absolutely and I guess the the bal- getting that balance between I mean I and that's where doing it collectively makes it work yeah. uh, um your commitment is shared and that means you can balance who goes on holiday when and who's sick and who can cover and you know all of that that sharing sharing the load um and for the added complexity I think for us it's absolutely worth it um and we all have busy lives like it's not it we 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 all have 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 lives that are not involved in the goats, is what I mean. Yeah. Um, and and we all we all sort of slot it in in a way that we're comfortable. Mm. Um, and so it's not like it takes over, but but it is. Yeah, it's a it's a long term thing. It it takes time to develop. So it's not like you can say, I oh, will give it a go for six months or a year. Kind of have to say, all right, we're going to try this for a few years. Mm. Um, so how many years yeah. have you had goats? um i think we are coming up um for six years right yeah
0: yeah well thanks for coming in today and having a chat to us about goats and all that's involved in keeping them and also sharing the story of your cooperative and what a wonderful thing that you've developed there makes it really doable
1: my pleasure no worries it's lovely to talk about it
0: because it's something that we love so It's easy to talk about. Yeah, I can hear that you love it in your voice. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Okay, thanks for coming in. A great part of life. Okay, no worries. You have been listening to the Pip Permaculture Podcast. For more on the Urban Goat Cooperative and stacks of other information on living the good life, check out Pip Issue 8 out now. Subscribe or find a stockist at www.pipmagazine.com.au.